0: Three, two, one, and we're back. Julie, welcome. It is January the 7th.
1: Yes, and uh, we've been working on all of our predictions, and we wrapped that up yesterday. So we're on to a new topic, which I think really, hopefully, will apply to every single person listening.
0: It's Powerful Practices of Top-Producing Professionals. Well, Julie, you you actually wrote a title that rhymed.
1: I do. It's called alliteration. Doesn't it sound good?
0: Alliteration. Hmm. Hmm. Yes, I'll have to work on that. (laughs) That's all right. (laughs) Well, anyway, it's very good. So listen, before Julie gets to her first point, um, we want to remind all of you, it's not too late to complete your 2021 business plan. And we are going to send you for free, no obligation, no strings attached a fill in the blank business plan. It's called Real Estate Treasure Map. Yes, this book is available on Amazon and uh, other places such as Amazon and other places you download books, but we want to give it to you for free. So don't buy it. Just allow us to give it to you as a gift. Simply text 2021 to 855-685-1045. Go ahead and text 2021 to 855-685-1045. Do that now. You can do it while you're listening to us on your po- or. Uh, our podcast right now, just flip over to your SMS and just text 2021 to 855-685-1045. So you know what, Julie, there's a lot of ground to cover and I'm just perusing these points. These are fantastic points, so I'm not going to delay any more. So I'll get okay. started. How about this? Sure, this and is we don't great. have to do
1: them all today. We can do, you know, tomorrow as well.
0: No, I know. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Point number one, unbridled, passionate optimism. Yes.
1: Yeah, so remember, this is Powerful Practices of Top Producing Professionals. A lot of you guys say, what is the difference between somebody who's super successful at this and everybody else? So that's what we're going to be sprinkling upon you over these next podcasts. Number one, Tim just said it, unbridled, passionate optimism. Napoleon Hill called this a positive mental attitude. In fact, in his writings, this is kind of nicknamed or referred to as a PMA for short. Successful professionals follow the too soon to tell outlook, suspending immediate judgment of situations, but erring on the side of a positive result. So Napoleon said, quote, there is very little difference in people but that little difference makes a big difference. The little difference is their attitude. The big difference is whether it's positive or negative.
0: You know, it's funny as you were, I was I was reading as you were reading that out loud. I was thinking like remember when they're talking about the sequencing of DNAs, mm-hmm. DNA humans versus like uh, in a monkey. Mm-hmm. And there's only like I forget, I wish a very little variance. It's like one. Yeah. One I forget sure. one little uh, genetic difference or one little difference in the DNA or Somebody's listening to us right now and grating their teeth because they know exactly what I'm trying to say and I'm saying it poorly. <laughs> yeah. But that is definitely what Napoleon is saying. And by the way, Julie, it's interesting you started out with a Napoleon Hill quote because Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow yes. Rich – um, is also included when you text 2021 to 855-685-1045. This is the public domain version of the book. And Julie and I went through years ago when we added a lot of content that was specifically for the real estate industry. So if you want a free copy of Think and Grow Rich, which by the way, is an absolute must read, especially this time of year, text 2021
1: to 855-685-1045. Yes, yeah, so point number one, check your attitude. Do you generally have a positive approach? Are you generally an optimist? optimist or a pessimist. In fact, Tim, Zoe asked me the other day on the way to camp. what I, I can't even, I don't even know where she read it, but she said, what's the difference between an optimist and a pessimist? That's awesome. And we had a great conversation about that. So
0: so does she get it?
1: I think she does. She does. Cause then I've been, now that she understands, I can use that in conversation. She's so, definitely an optimist. Oh yeah. Naturally an optimist. <laughs> so Unless she is. gets what, she, she doesn't get what she wants then. <laughs> we have to She's change seven. That. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Number two, superior knowledge of their market. Now there's a lot to this point. So let me just kind of bring you through this. This includes not just pricing, competi- this should say, comparables and tracking comps, but also watching market trends, what's hot and what's not, new construction opportunities, companies relocating executives in and out of your town and development. Gandhi said, quote, live as if you were to die tomorrow, but learn as if you were to live forever. Superior knowledge of these top professionals also includes knowing unique financing options, not just relying on conventional mortgage lending, not just for first-time buyers, but also high net worth clients for people who have had forbearances for the self-employed. Knowledge equals confidence and ignorance equals fear. The more knowledge you have, the more people you can help. So their superior knowledge is also reflected in the ability to find inventory where everybody else just relies on the MLS. What would you do if there was no MLS in your market? There's a little introspective question. So this whole point encompasses really the superior knowledge and being, you would say, being frosty about what's actually going on around you.
0: Well, going around on around you is more than just your, you know, your specific niche in your market. Right, and th- because right. what people and I appreciate that you said this. I thought it was kind of onerous that you included a Gandhi quote, though. That was a little <laughs> highfalutin, Miss Harris. Okay, I'm trying to make him pay attention. <laughs> I know, but it is interesting because I have coached many agents and where they don't realize the, the uh, essentially the effect of say a market that's maybe two markets away or a town that's two towns away that has on their market in a good and a yes. bad way. And Mm -hmm. do not be aware of what's going on in the entire community, the entire city, and maybe even that region of your state, or depending on where your you know market is located, there's a lot of you that sell real estate on borders or between like you know three different states. You're going to have situations where one thing is dramatically going to affect another. And I'll give you real good examples. If you're on the you know border of North Carolina and Tennessee's right there, well, guess what? There's no state tax in Tennessee, and there is state tax in uh, North Carolina. And I can pretty much guarantee you that does have an effect on properties that are right in that border. So pay attention to all of these things. Um, that's a really good point, Julie. Well, and,
1: and even with regards, yes, state lines, but also zip codes, right? So, for example, I see this in, in a couple of areas. Agents will say, I want to go pursue foreclosures, but mm-hmm. they didn't even look up the fact that there are no foreclosures in their zip code, right? Or they'll say, I only want to do BPOs in the luxury neighborhoods, but there's no BPOs to be done there. You, you have to know what's going on to correctly pursue your spokes
0: but also they again valid points all but you have to know like i want to get into luxury let's say that's something that you've aspired to do well where do you want to get into luxury i want to sell in the you know Whatever subdivision. Well, why don't you go there and actually do a real good in-depth study of to see what the average days in the market is to actually discover uh, if there's well entrenched uh, dominant agents and if there's one well entrenched dominant agent in that marketplace. Well, you're that'll be fine. You can probably get market share. But if there's three or if there's more than three, then good luck getting any market share because what you'll generally find is the number one agent is essentially doing as much volume as number two and three. Um, so if you're going to try to go there and get market share, it's going to be very difficult. You might be able to pick up some buyers but getting listings away from uh, a market like that that's already so competitive is very, very challenging. So do your homework first and stack the deck in your favor when you're making decisions. Um, Again, if you're finding, for example, that the things you've been doing just from a marketing and lead generation perspective, a lot of you are going to find the things that you've been doing in the past aren't working as well. And you're going to find that the things that were working as well are now not as profitable because the referral fees or the cost of generating leads from that particular source have gone through the roof. So you've got to be starting to think a bit like a, contrarian in a market that's moving as fast as this one's going to. Remember, i 's prediction from yesterday is point number 14, that there's going to be a ton of people that are getting into real estate, not just in the United States, but internationally. Real estate is going to become one of the most desirable, believe it or not, uh, professions for a lot of the world because it has been so glamorized over the past really... I'd say in earnest, probably last decade to 15 years. So do pay attention to all these trends and don't get so stuck in the past thinking that whatever you've done in the past will work in the future. Because one thing you can be guaranteed of is whatever you've done in the past won't work in the future or simply won't work as well. Again, listen to our predictions um the series of uh, predictions things uh, we did. We did four of those podcasts that ended yesterday. Go back and listen to all of those the feedback. has been fantastic.
1: Yeah, so point number three, relentless upgrading of skills. Not just the acknowledgement that they need to constantly grow, but actually taking action by studying what they need to improve, getting qualified help, and being efficient about their improvements. They don't just have presentations. They're constantly upgrading their pre-listing package, listing presentation, and yes, even buyer presentation. How many of you guys don't even have a buyer presentation? Their technology skills are also constantly improving and not stagnating. So the relentless upgrading of skills. And that takes being very on purpose about it, because you can just get stuck, especially... You know, agents that have a reasonable level of success, they can kind of do the same thing for year after year.
0: The hardest part of your third point there, Julie, is knowing who to listen to.
1: Well, there is Comparacoach.com. Well, but just but yes, I mean, with, for a non, from a
0: non-self-serving perspective, that sure. is the hardest part. I mean, when I'm looking yeah. for information to improve our one of our companies and it's like you're trying to go out there and seek advice, I am always stymied by all the fake experts. Yes. That's the thing that really is frustrating. You have so many people out there that claim to have expert status, and if you just take them by their word, or even their sort of you know BS up resumes or websites or whatever, it's very easy to get fooled. And so what I've started doing when I'm trying to basically discern who I'm actually going to listen to or not, or maybe even hire, is I'll go and I'll go to the Wayback Machine and I'll see how long that website's been up. I'll go do some homework. Obviously, you can Google the heck out of somebody nowadays, and I'll go to find out whether or not the you know the different references and the different source material that they're providing, um, as, you know, to prove that they're Experts, whether it's valid. And I have to tell you, and of, you know, probably 90% of the time, I'm finding that everybody who claims to be an expert at something is absolutely not an expert at it, never has done it at a high level. And I'm not just talking real estate coaches here because I'm not looking for a real estate coach, but I'm talking about any kind of person that we're looking to hire for any kind of expansion um, in our real estate business, in our coaching business, rather. And we're doing, we're expanding our business, but we're also expanding our, uh, our syndication business, we're expanding our media business. So we're looking at hiring in many different facets and it's very difficult to really you know pick through the weeds and you're going to have to be as a real estate practitioner you're going to have to lead with skepticism unfortunately because there's so many and i am going to be self-serving now there are so many quote-unquote coaches and experts out there that are trying to sell you guys st- uh, stuff that they actually have never uh, even proven to work. And because they're very good at marketing or even just moderately good at marketing, you guys are going to believe it. Coaches are the worst, to be honest with you. And I, again, I know this yeah. is not necessarily a very tactful thing for me to say, but there's so many people out there that claim to be coaches yet they've never sold real estate period so here are the three rules and then julie mentioned the website here are the three rules when you're trying to decide who you're going to hire as your coach or frankly even listen to for the sake of doing anything whether it's financial advice buying insurance you know maybe you want to get in good shape have they actually done it right so if you're for example if you're thinking about hiring a real estate coach has that person actually sold real estate Have they actually sold real estate? You will be shocked how many of these people that you're seeking advice from or thinking about doing business with have never sold real estate before. All right, if they've sold real estate, have they sold real estate at a high level? So let's say, for example, you're thinking about engaging with somebody to, you know, whatever, right? Perform some service for you. And, okay, so they sold real estate. Great. But did they actually sell it at a high level? Then that's going to basically weed out 99% of them at that point. Because most people with, that you'll come across that are trying to sell you something, they, if they do have licenses, they've never really been successful selling real estate. So the third filter I'll suggest, let's say you find a unicorn, someone who has a license, someone who sold real estate at a high level. Now the third filter is going to be, have they sold real estate at a high level for a long period of time? Right, because maybe they had a couple of home runs, and maybe they were able to basically in their one year or six months they sold real estate, and that's where they hang their hat. But they they sell real estate for a long period of time, like Julie and I did, selling consistently hundreds of houses well, per and, year,
1: and ideally in a variety of types of markets: seller right. market, buyer market, recession, non recession, boom. You know that you have to be very versatile as a coach, and it does take a lot of experience.
0: What you guys have to understand, and I again research yourself is most people selling you guys stuff for your business have never sold real estate period have no clue really how the industry works but what they do is they've created some widget and they know and don't take this the wrong way listeners they know real estate agents are not discerning they know real estate agents won't do their homework they knew real estate agents are mostly just opportunistic and don't think like entrepreneurs and business people and so they'll just flip their credit card down if soon as someone says you want to buy a lead right <laughs> lead yeah. generation done for you how about automated lead follow-up and Easy button, easy button. Easy button, easy button. Agents just froth their, frost their mouth and throw down their credit cards, and then they you know, lose however much money they're going to lose until they would, usually can't afford to pay for it anymore or wise up to the fact that maybe they didn't really buy what they thought they were buying. Don't fall prey to that. Use the filters I just gave you. And if you want a more in-depth, um, you know, essentially set of questions to use when considering hiring a real estate coach... Go to Comparacoach.com. Use Comparacoach.com and pick through those questions and you'll quickly discover most of the people who claim to be coaches have never sold real estate or have never sold real estate at a high level or never sold real estate at a high level for a long period of time. Next point, my love. Yes.
1: Okay. So number four, again, we're talking about the habits of top professionals. And this is from things that we've observed from lots of coaching calls, from our colleagues, from ourselves. So number four, I think is really critical. They say yes, more than they say no. Even if they're a little bit out of their wheelhouse, they follow the, it's my service attitude, or yes, it's my pleasure to help you with that even when they know the next step might require them to ask for help or learn something new. The top producing professional doesn't live in fear of the unknown. They learn to make it known. That way they can add to their knowledge base and do it over and over. They don't say things like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't work with first time buyers or I, I don't, I've never done a short sale, I can't help you, or whatever they, you know, fill in the blank. Oh, you're out of my wheelhouse because you're in a luxury price range. They say, yes, it would be my pleasure to help you, And then they figure it out. And, you know, sometimes they find like the residential agent that might have wandered into a commercial deal. Sometimes they need to partner with somebody or refer it, but they don't just say, no, that's not for me.
0: So the one thing I would add to that point, Julie, is Mm -hmm. definitely, especially this time of year, say yes to pretty much every opportunity you have to help someone make money. But do learn how to pre-qualify. Yes, I, mean, I, ha- I agree with that. And you should add that to that point. Yes. you need to become very, very efficient at pre-qualifying and knowing what questions to ask, because it's you know, if someone pops up on your radar, say yes to helping them, but then feel free, yeah. o- you know, it's perfectly fine to say no once you realize basically they have no motivation or have no ability to actually transact.
1: Well, and you can only do that using scripts, because right? Scripts are simply questions helping you get to those facts aren't exactly. They
0: and and then in a lot of cases you're going to find that maybe they have some um, motivation issues that you can't fix, or maybe they have some funny issues that you can flip over to a lender that they can fix or maybe it's just a timing issue maybe this will be a prospective seller for you or what have you uh, mid-year so do learn how to ask discerning questions but do say yes don't just start saying well no i don't you know do business with You know, julia's first-time buyers as an example but no i don't list you know houses that are in the lake or no i don't list land say yes 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 until proven otherwise because you don't know what opportunities you can meander into maybe you've never listed land before it intimidates the hell out of you that's okay. Take the listing, and then you might find that the next call you get is from the developer looking to put up a 1,000 houses on that parcel exactly. of land you just bought. That's
1: right. Or least rather. Too or soon listed. to tell, right? Back right. to that original point. Mm-hmm. Okay, so next point is number five. They are stable and low drama, even in, in stressful situations. They lead instead of follow. The most successful professionals are versatile. They're able to handle a variety of situations with different personality styles, with care and skill, creating the desired outcome. They don't go straight to red line freak out. They're stable. They're low drama. And I i mean, I have to give it to a lot of our coaching clients are like this, where they're, they're handling so much. What's missing
0: from that? What? What's one of our quotes? It's in Harris Rolls.
1: Which one are you thinking?
0: Of? It's too soon to tell. Oh, it's
1: too soon to tell. Yeah. Yeah. In, instead of just, you know, hitting the freak out button. And, you know, in coaching, we, we teach a lot of strategy and skill, how to keep it together and be low drama. One of those things is to not call somebody right back when they're wigging out on you.
0: Well, there you go. And the, <laughs> I'll give you another idea. A couple just little, you know, takeaways from Julie's point. Always say to yourself, it's too soon to tell. It's too soon to tell when you have a really good victory. It's too soon to sell, tell when you have a really big loss. And those things happen all the time in real estate. That's just the nature of it. So just be very mindful of the fact that saying too soon to sell" tell gives you permission not to experience the high highs or the low lows, because when you experience the high highs and the low lows too frequently, you're going to burn yourself out. Because you're not designed to experience that sort of you know those uh, you know. Julie have a very good premier coaching session. Those of you in premier coaching, remember Facebook Live starts on Monday. Much to Julie's disdain and dismay, an and it will be half an hour early. So that starts uh, next okay. Monday. But in the meantime, the old uh, session uh, on the webinar is working, and she's headed off there now. So it's too soon to tell. Again. When you're experiencing a lot of high high highs and low lows, and if you're emotionally experiencing those, you're going to burn yourself out. You're not going to leave anything on the table for yourself emotionally or for your family. So again, it's too soon to tell. Julie, congratulations. You just listed a billion-dollar house. Thank you. I appreciate that. But in your head, say it's too soon to tell. Julie, you just lost that billion-dollar listing to your biggest competitor. And in your head, say it's too soon to tell. Because what will happen is – you know, again, if, like, for example, you don't know how they what the outcomes are uh, actually going to be, um, and don't, you know, don't celebrate, don't, and then don't wallow too long. That's the other thing. I'll give you another little suggestion with this final point for today, anyway, as don't make any decisions after you determine when in the afternoon. So, what happens is, as all of us get on with the day, and you know, generally speaking, the best version of yourself is the one you have when you wake up, up till probably about lunch, and after that, for all, especially when you get older. So, you guys in your twenties and your thirties, listen to what your old friend and coach Tim is telling you. The older you get, the less, um, essentially, the less effective you are for longer periods of time. So, when you're younger, you might be effective for maybe. Truthfully, no more than maybe four or five hours a day. But when you're older, that creeps down to sometimes one to three to maybe four hours a day, depending on uh, essentially what other systems you have in place to keep yourself um, uh, mentally sharp. For example, standing up versus sitting down, drinking plenty of water, exercising in the morning, things like that. Not having alcohol the night before, things like that. But ultimately, what you're going to discover is your best energies are in the morning. And so don't make any decisions. And Julie mentioned, you know, don't react to things that would normally cause you to feel defensive or be offensive. Give yourself a break. So maybe don't make any real decisions, even when you have something to say and you feel totally vindicated in saying it. Oh, my gosh, this is something. And I'm talking in real life or in digital anywhere. Just don't say anything. Just keep your mouth shut because I guarantee you, whatever's charging you up late in the day or early, you know, maybe even early afternoon, depending on who you are, isn't how you're feeling about whatever it is, is not how you're gonna feel in the morning the following day. So give yourself a little mental, emotional timeout. And you can, you know, try this at your, you know, with your personal relationships, try this with your professional relationships. Just don't react. Understand the best version of yourself which is usually shows up in the morning is probably not going to have wanted you to react the way you did the prior day. And then you're going to spend most of the day triaging, um, you know, basically something you shouldn't have done or said in the first place. So just keep that in mind. And another thing, um, and we, this is part of our coaching, but this really does work. Agents who are not as evolved as what I just prescribed to all of you, and they're firing off things and they're getting emotionally distraught and they're trying to you know do things to different trigger different results and they're not in control of themselves emotionally. Don't react to them. So if somebody shows up in your life, um, you know in voicemail email whatever whatever and they're going wacko on you don't react don't jump in because i guarantee you the next day in the morning they're not even going to remember acting crazy like that real estate brings out the mostly the worst in people under stress and consumers are going to be under stress agents are going to be under stress especially those who don't have a lot of experience so Remember, real estate and dealing with money and things like that, they fall into the category of one of the most stressful things. And you're combining things. So, like, you know, death, birth, uh, relocation, selling a house, buying a house, financial things. There's a list of things that cause people the most amount of stress. But almost all of them are percolating around finances. And most people have absolutely zero experience emotionally. Uh, to dealing with big financial decisions. So when you're dealing with a buyer or a seller around a big financial decision, you have to understand that they're on thin emotional ice and it takes very little to get them to fall through. So if they happen to you know, lash out at you for whatever particular reason, do not react. If you have other agents, it's very similar. A lot of agents don't have the experience To know how to behave or know how to keep their emotions between the line and an agent's job is most of the time or at least a lot of time as being dr phil for their customers right you all of a sudden find yourself with your real estate license seems like you're also an amateur psychologist sometimes you know you're working on your fellow agents maybe you're working on the buyers or the sellers you're keeping deals together that's real estate that's what it takes to understand that that's part of the job but the way you maintain yourself is remember those two things it's too soon to tell and just prevent yourself from reacting emotionally. Use the too soon to tell if someone fires off something at you and you're feeling that you know guttural, uh, you know, egotistical wanting to lash back. Don't nope. just you know, shelve that. Give yourself some time to think about it. Guaranteed you'll feel different later. And this is how you actually can constantly improve your business because you're not draining yourself. When I've seen a lot of people do, who are not able to keep their emotions between the lines and follow these sort of survival techniques, really, is they then start, uh, you know, dosing themselves. They'll, they'll take little, you know, alcohol, they'll do other little things, and they'll get less sleep. And then they'll basically, the, the problem that they had, or the problems that they have then compound. And then they lose a whole year, or they lose a whole decade. And this is, you know, they, all the kinds of, you know, negative things happen as a result. So just please remember ultimately you can't control what comes at you but you can control what you and how you react to what comes at you. And the best way to do it as you work as you're building those control um, muscles and those mechanisms is just to take a breath and I mean that in a literal physical sense and then, you know, don't react. And I know it's hard not to, but just don't react. And just remember Probably the person in the morning that you are is not going to react the same way as the person you are at 4 p.m., let alone later in the day, especially if you're, you know, say 45 or older. So just keep these things in mind, guys. These little tiny, I hate the word hacks, but these little tiny tips, suggestions, survival methods really do, um, they compound, the benefits compound over your career. Because you'll be able to help more people at a higher level, and you'll be able to do it from essentially a better state of uh, consciousness. And in other words, you'll be able to think clearer and give better advice uh, and give people essentially. And you will. And you also don't need to be people's emotional punching bag in a real estate transaction. Um, this is a great piece of advice we got from our original broker, Rory Averill in uh, Worthington, Ohio. He's I'm sure still owns Remax North. Fantastic broker. And he used to tell us, because Julie and I certainly didn't know all of this when we started selling real estate in our early 20s, right? We didn't have the mental and, uh, you know, I would say emotional fortitude to deal with the dynamic ways that different people react. And I remember we were dealing with this really nice gal. She had this house listed that had been listed two or three times. She listed it with us. It was going to be our highest sale price, but she was losing, and I remember the amount of money, $45,000. In other words, she essentially bought it where the market was different and the house had essentially depreciated, um, and she was having to to pay off the mortgage. She was going to have to write a check for $45,000. Now, she could afford it. She had the money. But she was so distraught. It was so unbelievably emotionally draining. Remember, we were new agents. And we wanted to you know, keep the deal together, but we also wanted to help this gal. And this wasn't even that expensive a house. If I remember correctly, this was like less than $400,000. And she was losing forty-five dollars So she's showing up at closing with a check for $45,000. Now, some of you have never dealt, that, dealt with that before. That's called a buyer's market. In a buyer's market, you see prices depreciate, houses depreciate. Well, you know, this was something that was really draining for Julie and I. And and then Rory told us something. He said, Tim, show emotion without being emotional. So you can show empathy and sympathy. You can show emotion, but, you know, don't be emotional. In other words, don't internalize it. And he was telling us to learn how to be a professional. And I really, obviously, and this is 25 years later, I never had forgotten that because it's so important. And that's how every professional acts. A doctor, you know, any kind of, but any person that's directly giving uh, uh, life-altering potentially advice to anybody or suggestions They're having to basically show compassion, show emotion without being emotional, and that's one of the key, uh, essentially, elements of anybody who's truly successful. You can call it acting if you'd like, and that's fine, but the reality of it is is the result's the same. The person on the other end that you're trying to help is being helped, and at the same time, you're preventing yourself from essentially being drained. You're preventing yourself from essentially becoming that emotional punching bag, Um, but you know, the person who you were helping, your customer, your client, they weren't perceiving you as being cold and uncaring. And at the same time, you left some on the table for yourself and for your family and for other clients, right? You guys get that? So even if you don't understand what I'm saying intellectually, you understand what I'm saying emotionally because, you know, even if you're brand new in real estate, you've experienced what I'm saying. You know, you have friends that basically are emotionally draining, maybe past people you've worked with. So show emotion without being emotional and remember the other things we suggested as well. So we're going to pick up where we left off today, tomorrow. In the meantime, guys, um, thank you for continuing to make this the number one listened to daily podcast for agents in the United States. We're now being downloaded on a regular basis. It's an almost 60, uh, like we're being downloaded in over 60 countries, but not on a regular basis. On a regular basis, it's like 54 countries. And it is our great honor and privilege to be part of your lives, and it's incredibly meaningful for us. ...that you guys choose to listen to Julie and I for the sake of building your real estate careers and really your lives. And for that reason, we're enhancing everything we do. We're going to have massive growth, not just in this podcast, but in our coaching business and everything we do. We're looking forward to learning how um, uh, to uh, essentially be able to service you guys in the different countries. We're reading and we're studying. Right before the podcast, Julie was writing an article for six, that's going to be published in six different magazines, four of which are international... Um, that's frankly where we're getting some of our notes for the podcast today from the article she's writing. All these opportunities they present great challenges for us because you don't just sell. You know, when you're talking to somebody in Mexico, or you're talking to someone in Brazil, or you're talking to someone in India, or you're talking to someone in Portugal or Italy or France or wherever. Those markets are very similar, essentially all the, you know, psychological and financial angst that people feel transacting exactly the same, but the mechanics of how transactions are done radically different. Like we're here in Puerto Rico, right? Uh, EXP Realty just opened Puerto Rico, which is fantastic. Um, so what you know but puerto rico has no mls right the transactions are done differently here so the nuance differences make a significant difference sometimes and how you go about um, presenting and how you go about selling real estate so we're having to learn all these things or at least we're having to enhance what we already know so why am i telling you that because julie and i are putting ourselves in that position of essentially being um you know consciously incompetent in other words we know what we don't know and we're forcing ourselves to learn, and that is a gift we give to ourselves because it opens our minds up to so many different opportunities. I hope you're doing the same thing for you. I ended yesterday's show um, more or less pleading with all of you to make sure you're not focusing on the past. This is one of the sort of problems that we're going to have, a legacy problem we're going to have from 2020, is there's a lot of people that are going to carry around a lot of baggage for a long time. And I remember after the housing crash, 07, 08, 09, there were people that have never gotten over that. There were people, and I know some of you are in this situation, who are still licking your financial wounds from that housing crash, who are still like, you know, your behaviors forever changed. And you missed the seller's market as a result. You missed this big boom market as a result, didn't you? Because you're constantly in a state of waiting for the other shoe to fall, waiting for the big you know, flock of black swans to fly over and dim the light. That's what you are waiting for. It never happened. And maybe it's going to happen in the future. Chances are it will. But what are you going to do? You're going to miss the market that we're experiencing now. So you've got to, you have to acknowledge the fact and be introspective about where your dominant thoughts are. And if you want to know what causes you stress, and this is a little you know, pop psychology for you, but it's interesting nonetheless. It's when you spend too much time in the past in your mind and too much time in the future in your mind. When you go to either one of those places, what you're going, and, and that's where your dominant thoughts are, what are you not experiencing? If you're in the past, or when you're in the future in your thoughts, you're not experiencing the present. And the present is where you're going to find your happiness. Even on stressful days, you're going to find your happiness. You're going to find the joy in life when you're present. You're going to find nothing but stress, worrying about especially 2020 or worrying too much about the future, right? That's where you're going to get yourself stressed and burned out. That's where you're going to basically fall prey of inaction and complacency in a lot of ways. So just keep all these things in mind. Um, if you guys have not purchased Harris Rules, it is available at Barnes & Noble. It's available everywhere. Um, I mean, just, I love the pictures. By the way, when you guys go to the bookstore and you take pictures of it on the bookshelf, especially when you take pictures of it on the bookshelf, uh, you holding the book or buying the book, um, and we get virtually nothing from the sale of those books. So I'm not telling you this for financial reasons, but it does make us feel really good, frankly, to see that we're helping more people. Uh, the book has now well over 400 five-star reviews. So if you've not purchased Harris Rules yet, if you've not purchased the audiobook, um, you know do so because it's obviously helping a lot of people and we'd love the opportunity to be of service to you as well. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day and we will talk with you on the show tomorrow.